delve into plant stories. The modern, the old, and the crazy in between. explode their seeds up to 200 miles per hour. That one's a myth, but let me tell you, it's not far off from the truth. <laughs> that brings us into today's episode, the sandbox tree. Yeah, so today we're going to talk about the sandbox tree. We're also going to talk about some other plants that are sort of similar to the sandbox tree, even though they're not necessarily the exact same. So. The sandbox tree is just this really crazy plant, and it goes by a couple different names. So also possum wood or monkey no climb, the <laughs> jabio tree, habio tree, um, the dynamite tree, and its you know official name is the hura crepitans and the hura polyandra. And they're pretty much those two varieties. Uh, one is only slightly different from the other. And they're a member of the Spurge family, which we know we've kind of talked about before. It relates to like the poinsettia and the rubber tree. There's no Aussie. Um, This is like the specific plant and not, I didn't put the actual family. <laughs> it's like the... A furbaroserae. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, it's not the same as, uh, you know, like the um, the other aferb plant that we talked about that uh, makes meth. It's, it has a similar looking name, though. And so these trees, they can grow between 90 and 130 feet. So more than 30 feet tall. They're among some of the tallest trees in tropical America. They thrive in partial to full sun. So they tend to grow in clearings or when other trees have been kind of taken down. That's when they really grow their best. Uh, they are primarily native to parts of South America and parts of the Amazon, but they have traveled up as far as North America as well. There are some southern parts of the U.S. that have been known to be able to house them. And it has also been introduced to the ecosystem of Tanzania, where it's considered an invasive plant. And not only because no one wants to touch it, <laughs> but because when the seeds explode, they often go so far that they're very hard to keep track of. And so they can be Why a wouldn't little... anyone... Sorry, go ahead. No. They can just be a little bit difficult to get rid of once they grow to a certain size. So why doesn't anyone want to touch this tree? So there's a couple reasons no one wants to um, go near this tree. For one thing, all parts of the plants are poisonous. So uh. 
it can be deadly in high concentrations. Um, but even though it's not necessarily deadly, it can still make you pretty sick. Um, touching it can give you a rash. Not really pleasant. The tree trunk itself is full of kind of large brown conical spikes, which is where the name like monkey no climb is. Like you wouldn't even want to try to climb this tree. It's they look pain. Every time I see a picture of it, it looks painful. You would never want to touch this tree. <laughs> um, but there are seeds, the sap, the bark, the you know the capsules that the seeds come in are all you know technically poisonous. The they're most well known for their pumpkin-shaped fruit, which actually looks kind of cute until you realize that when it matures, it explodes. And so oftentimes what will happen is the, you know, it, it gets to the point of maturity. This can be any like really random time. It starts to make kind of like a loud noise and then explodes with a sound that has been described as similar to gunshots. Wowza. Yeah. And the seeds can go up to 60 feet from the tree and they'll eject themselves from the fruit at around 150 miles per hour. That's and... so crazy. <laughs> 150 miles per hour. Just from yeah. this very still, slow-growing plant. <laughs> yeah, and then it just all of a sudden, bam completely explodes um and it's known for pretty much harming any living thing in the way of it so animals other plants human beings homes like you know something coming at you at that speed even something small mm -hmm. can cause some damage and on top of that it's poisonous yeah so like if it does enter you you know, it can make, like, you know, if it were to explode and cut you, essentially, you know, you'd be getting some of that poison into your bloodstream. These are interesting natural bombs. Yeah, they, and a lot of times with these plants, they warn you, you know, even if you take, like, let's say that you were on a trip and it wasn't quite the season for them being ripe yet and you were like oh well you know like I'll take one as a souvenir like so cool they could still explode later on like you could be at home just chilling and then all of a sudden whoop bam 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 um they do have both male and female flowers on the tree so they don't have the flowers are not really pretty but the male parts uh tend to be like this like really dark red that stands out and then the female flowers you can kind of like barely even see they're called sandbox trees because before traditional tens they would take the unripe fruits and cut them so this was before they got to the point where the pressure would have built up for them to kind of explode and they were cut in half and dried 
to make sandboxes for like ink sand or ink powders for pens. Uh, or they were used as decorative boxes because they kind of have that like cute like pumpkin-y shape if you're not thinking so, of all the deadly stuff. So how big are they? The fruit. Um, at full maturity, I would say they're like maybe the size of like two fists. Okay. But they're not, I mean, they're not huge. That's why I said like kind of like decorative boxes. And they, they are pumpkin shaped. They have that like uh, the part where they attach to the tree. Then they kind of have that like grooved, you know, multiple grooved shape around the outside and they're not so poisonous that they can like use them as containers well i think it's more once they're dried mm, okay. uh they don't really pose a threat so they're like clean and dried and then once they're all dried out they're fine i think more the danger with the actual tree itself is probably you know the danger of like touching it and then you know, getting things on you and touching yourself. Probably the actual sap, which isn't present in the fruit. Um, things like that. What could you use the sap for? So the sap was used by fishermen to kill fish. So you could put it, you know, it was, ca it was that caustic that you could use it to kind of just like kill fish in a small space or use it as like a, a dart or put it on the sphere to kill fish. And the sap was also used to make poison arrow darts by the Carib people of the Caribbean islands. So it was very commonly used for like hunting and things like that. And the wood itself is actually considered good for furniture, but you won't find it as, like, sandbox tree wood. It's called hura wood. And it has this pale, like, yellowish, brownish, or olive-gray cover color. That's a fine, like, medium grain texture. And it's really light. Almost like if you imagine like the weight of plywood or something like that. It's a very light, almost kind of flexible wood. So it's used for a lot of furniture like chests and, uh, you know, things that you want to be like tables, things that you want to necessarily be like lighter. And More containers. Yeah, it's very like low density and lightweight wood. Like you might not want to use it. As like a giant cabinet or something because it would be too light to be sturdy but it is popular for those that use especially uh in you know some of those places in south america and things like that and medically speaking while the ingestion of this poison can make you very sick it at one time was rumored to have some medical uses, including relieving rheumatoid arthritis pain, easing headaches, being used as a purgative, a rumored cure for leprosy, 
and like treatment for eczema. All these things were done in a variety of ways, either using the sap itself and just trying to use a very small amount of it, or possibly the leaves, which on this particular tree, leaves tend to be very high up on the tree, rather than in some trees where we see that there are lower hanging branches. However, I would recommend absolutely zero <laughs> of these practices because there are much better and less dangerous things that we know about now and pretty much nobody uses these anymore. Um, there's no support to say that it is a cure for leprosy and we do have medicines that can cure leprosy now you know we have plenty of medicine that hopes to ease rheumatoid arthritis pain or headaches so this probably not the thing although if you have some of it it will probably still make you vomit so i mean maybe if you're desperate but i don't recommend or infamous exploding plants so there are a couple of like really interesting explosive plants and I will say that the history of these kind of things is often rarely mentioned because people really try to stay away from them which makes total sense mm -hmm. there is nothing more kind of like scary than standing next to something that you think is fine and having it just explode on you. Feels very Jumanji-esque. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You're like, why does this even, I mean, honestly, sandbox trees, I'm a little bit like, why does this exist? Like, it's cool that it does exist, but why? Why does this exist? Mm -hmm. uh, but some really interesting ones are the squirting cucumbers. So... This plant is actually a part of the same family that cucumbers and squash come from, uh, but all parts of this plant can be fatal if ingested and can cause a nasty rash if you really come in contact with it. It contains poisonous cucurbitacins. I probably said what that wrong. That? <laughs> yeah, I probably said that wrong, but it's another, it's basically just another type of alkaloid compound. Gotcha. Um, but it sort of sounds more like the word cucumber, so. <laughs> mm -hmm. Gotcha. Um, so we can't eat these cucumbers? I would not. I would highly recommend against it. These fruits on them are smaller than traditional cucumbers, and they're like a light green color. But they are most well known for explosively ejecting their seeds as the fruit separates from the stem. So when the plant matures at a certain point, you know, just like a lot of other fruits like apples and things like that, the fruit will separate from the stem. But instead of just falling, 
this plant actually like makes a popping sound and kind of explodes off of the, you know, host plant. It causes brown seeds to go up to 20 feet away from the plant. So, so this is a much smaller plant and kind of, if you think of cucumbers or squash and you've ever seen them on the plant, you know that it's kind of like a low growing plant. You know, this isn't something that like gets really tall and big. Um, so for them to go that far away is a pretty big use of force as the pressure builds up in the plant. This particular version of cucumber is native to the Mediterranean, but it has grown to be a point of fascination for many people and has been taken and grown in many other people's gardens and things as like a, I don't even want to say ornamental plant because it's not Although it does Spectacle. have cute, yeah, <laughs> it does have cute little yellow flowers, but like not so cute, uh, gross explodiness. And to make the explodiness a little more gross with the seeds, it usually shoots out kind of like a mucusy, slightly green fluid <laughs> that goes with it. So people grow it kind of like as a curiosity. Uh, it was at one point grown in Europe to try and control like groundworms. You know, it covered a lot of ground and sometimes it was used to treat diseases like rheumatism, painful joints, shingles, paralysis, and cardiac disease. But people stopped using it and continue to not use it and think of it as a very, very outdated thing because it is dangerous, contains poisons, not considered very effective, and kind of similar to the sandbox tree. It has very, like, purgative or, like, abortive effects and consequences. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, no, not this plant. No, this is not the cucumber you want to be eating. Not <laughs> something fresh and delicious. It's like gross and slimy. It sounds like it'd be a great addition to my poison garden. <laughs> I mean, it certainly sounds like a curiosity for you, but I don't know if, like, I don't like the idea of imagining myself gardening. <laughs> and then explodes. just, like, suddenly, yeah, covered in, like, brown seeds and gross mucus i I'll, I'll admit i'm not totally into that but like, you know what, to each their to, own like, drive to the hospital like my cucumbers exploded all over me no one would take me seriously <laughs> <laughs> everyone's like is this a joke is this a joke but then i'm covered in a rash and they believe me <laughs> yeah uh, another really interesting tree that kind of has similar properties is the rubber tree. So obviously the rubber tree is most well known for producing rubber. But they are in the same family as a sandbox tree, the spurge family, along with some of the other plants we've talked about, even the rubber plant. So the rubber plant and the rubber tree are different plants. The rubber plant actually originates 
in India, and it was kind of the first place that rubber was extracted from. But rubber trees actually have a much higher compound of like amount in their compound of rubber in them. So inside the latex of the tree. Um, and the rubber plant is actually technically a ficus. So rubber trees are now our main source of source of rubber. Similar to the sandbox tree, they can grow up to 100 feet tall. They are native to Southeast Asia and Western Africa. They grow, you know, they are tall, so some people like them aesthetically for that, but it's unwise for them to be anywhere near like homes or sidewalks or roads because, among other things, they tend to have extremely large and powerful roots. Oh. that they yeah they come up and break ground and so oftentimes having them near those types of things it's pretty quick that they break them essentially the frank sinatra song high hopes is known to mention rubber trees they were a point of fascination for a little bit there as rubber kind of like really grew up in our system and Mesoamerican people use rubber latex to make balls, like little play balls. Mm -hmm. Good cultural reference. I didn't think we would get one in here. <laughs> I knew I would find one. But uh, yeah, they also have explosive fruit, much like the sandbox tree, although those are, these are not as poisonous. So, similarly, their fruits can shoot seeds about the same distance. And this is another one where, but it's more likely that people will actually bring the fruits home and have them explode at home. <laughs> because this tree is not as well known to be dangerous, so it often happens that people, you know, they're like, oh, like, it's like a cute little acorn or something, except bigger, and they bring it home, and it explodes later. It feels like a prank from nature. It kind of is, I feel, yeah. <laughs> and it's just interesting because it's not something that you would think about the rubber tree actually being you know like you think of the rubber tree you're like oh it just produces rubber but it also has this very kind of like sneaky dangerous <laughs> side effect although it, like i said it's obviously not as poisonous as the sandbox tree but you know if you're surprised by a small flying projectile that's not always a good thing for you mm -hmm. and it might ruin your foundation <laughs> that too uh, and then the last one that we're going to kind of cover a little bit is dwarf mistletoe. So dwarf mistletoe is interesting. It doesn't look like what we think of as traditional mistletoe. It has little green pods on it that are what carry the seeds. And it's actually a parasite of conifer trees. And it is very well known for causing severe damage, especially in the northern hemisphere. 
the plants themselves are very small and the fruits on the plants that have these explosive properties are only about four millimeters long. And so these What's little explosion fruits, like? <laughs> so these little fruits contain basically a bullet-shaped seed, and it's covered in this kind of sticky, similar kind of to like the cucumbers. It's covered in this sticky fluid, and then it has a very thick skin on top. And so as the fruit matures, the fluid kind of grows in it until the whole thing pops. And so it makes this little pop. And then this very tiny seed covered in this fluid will fly up to 60 miles per hour away from the host plant. So for a lot of times, people won't even see it. You know, you hear this very tiny pop and you wouldn't even see this seed go somewhere else. And the idea is that they want it to land on another tree of the same kind, essentially, eventually taking over without ever needing the intervention of animals or pollinators or anything like that. They just poof. And now I live here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And these plants are so small that it can be really difficult to notice infections until a tree has a significant infection. It can cause like cankers or sores on the tree and it is considered very dangerous to tree populations in most countries. Honestly, it's amazing that a plant that is this small can do this much damage yeah. to trees and they just multiply so easily like you can see if you look at a picture of the plant all these like little clusters of the fruits and you can just imagine how quickly that can spread all over the place to a group of trees especially being that even if you cut the branch off of a tree where you know this is an infection or something like that, it's probably already on other trees, ones that might not even be right next to them. Wow, it looks like a fungus. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it kind of just looks like a, a sick branch growing off of it. Yeah, it causes these kind of like morphs and mutations in the tree limbs themselves but by the time it gets to that point really you already have an infection and mm -hmm. so it's especially dangerous for trees that we harvest for certain purposes it's especially dangerous to conifer trees um, and it is its explosiveness is dangerous in this case in that, you know, it can very quickly eliminate a tree population, although not necessarily dangerous to humans. It's interesting how some plants can really blend between the lines of, like, 
about moving towards a fungus or moving towards an animal. Yeah, they're pretty crazy. There are some other plants that kind of have this method of spreading seeds as well. But I picked these because I really felt like these were either the most interesting or the most potentially dangerous to something. You know, sometimes there are plants that just kind of like, they just like pop. And maybe they throw some seeds relatively gently, like, you know, five feet away or something like that. But these guys all pack a little bit of a punch. Mm-hmm. And some of them are double whammies because they're also poisonous. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't <laughs> expecting them to be poisonous. Yeah, and the sandbox tree, it's so interesting. Even when I was kind of trying to do research for this, there were a lot of people who were like, I'm really interested in sandbox trees and I'd like to go see one. And then they list like when they're going to this foreign place or whatever. And it's like right in the middle of the season where they would be ripe. And you're like, why would you ever want to, why would you ever even be like, yes, during this season, I want to go there. You can look up videos and pictures of them like exploding on the internet and it's so crazy how much force it is you especially yeah. the sandbox tree like I was watching a video where they took the fruit from the tree and the guy's like hitting it with a two by four trying to be like kind of far away but when it explodes it's just like poof you know, in this enclosed space, it's crazy. I'm curious to watch a video and hear how loud it is. Yeah, it's, it's it's pretty interesting. I think it must be hard to really catch a good example on camera as well because right. it's kind of random. Well, what is your mini tip? Uh, my mini tip is do not cultivate these in your yard. <laughs> Most especially a sandbox tree. Do not. Nobody plants those for fun. And just stay away from it. Watch but, a video. <laughs> yeah. Um, exploding plants can be kind of cool and kind of fun. But definitely do your research. Even if you were going to get something like a squirting cucumber, you might not want to have that, depending on if you have pets or kids or ever plan on being outside. <laughs> I don't recommend what, it. What dangerous plant are we going to talk about in our next episode? I'm probably still going to say this wrong. But we're going to talk about the manchinel tree. I'm on a tree kick. It's the most poisonous tree in the world. Woo! Sounds exciting. Like, <laughs> you can't even stand near it. <laughs> I am very excited to learn all about it. Whoop, whoop. Well, thank you all for joining us on our latest episode of Dangerous Plants. Explosive trees! Well, are they all trees? No, just explosive plants.
explosive plants. <laughs> uh, give it a like, a share, a subscribe. Talk about it with a friend. Join us next week as we talk about the most poisonous tree in the world. Bye!